Well, in this episode, I'm looking forward to continuing what we started to discuss last time, which is talking about my new iPhone and iPad. But Apple also released new Macs since the last episode, so we're going to talk about that as well. I'm your host, Luke Clayton, and this is Must Increase Podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode. And before we get started, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. If you want to learn more about any guest featured in this episode or access any content or resources discussed, be sure to check out the show notes in the episode description. We hope today's episode increases truth and inspires hope in the lives of your church, your business, your family, and beyond. Welcome to the Must Increase Podcast. All right, welcome to the podcast. I'm really glad that you have joined me for this episode, and I am looking forward to talking about some uh, kind of picking up once again where we left off last time, and that will be talking about my new iPhone as well as iPad, changing up a little bit of my hardware uh, in that way. And also, I'm going to talk a little bit about something that Apple announced since the last episode. In fact, this past Monday, they held a very short event in the evening to announce new Macs. And it's really not a massive upgrade in terms of it's not a true like new product line or anything like that. It's simple refreshes to products that are already existing. And really they made a big deal of just the third generation of their, of the Apple made silicon chips, which of course has become the M line of chips. And now they're on the M3. And this is tracking with uh, kind of how they've progressed now. I mean, it's been, I believe they started their, this transition in 2020. So now it's 2023. So it makes sense that they have announced the M3 uh, and they announced two new, uh, uh, or again, refreshes, I guess, to two of their product lines, which is going to be the iMac as well as the MacBook Pro. So let's talk quickly about the iMac because there's not much new going on here in terms of anything in terms of like the the look or features necessarily. It really is all about the M3. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, I'm showing my screen to you. If you're watching, you're able to see this is the iMac. It's the colorful all-in-one desktop uh, computer. Uh, I have seen these in the wild. They are very, very nice in terms of uh, aesthetically. They look really good. Again, the colors are nice. It's a 24-inch screen, a very nice screen. Speakers kind of built in, uh, as are built in there at the bottom as well. Um, and but you can see, hey, it's just packed with more, uh, more juice as they're calling it. There, it's just got that M3 chip, and this is a significant, uh, I guess, somewhat significant upgrade because it's been two or three years since they last announced or last uh, refreshed the iMac. Uh, and so they're, they're upgrading from an M1 to an M3. Of course, they're making a big deal about the colors, which again, has been available now for a while. Now, it is pretty impressive that it is, uh, again, this isn't new, but it is only a 11 and a half millimeter thin um, casing. And that is very thin. Uh, that's just over a centimeter. Uh, so, you know, less than a half inch, maybe. Uh, that is a very thin screen. Uh, and just considering that the entire computer is in this thin uh, little encasing is, is pretty fascinating. 
uh, says it's less than 10 pounds and we're just kind of moving through some of the other aspects of, uh, of, of what's going on here. They did, uh, you know, they've got the 1080 FaceTime camera built in, uh, studio quality mics and speakers. And again, I'm not going to go through every little feature that they've got here, but again, this M3 is the biggest, uh, change. Uh, they're saying that it's two times faster than the M1 and up to four times faster than some of the old Intel models of the iMac. And so if you're looking for a uh, a, a desktop computer, uh, this is a very nice option because again, everything's included all in one. There's all the, um, there's there, it's, it's, it's a screen, it's a desktop. Of course, the biggest downfall is because it's a desktop, it's not portable. So you couldn't take it with you. You couldn't, you know, um, you know, fold it up, put it in your backpack and go work from a coffee shop. No, this is designed to stay obviously at home. I mean, I guess you could try that. I guess you could try and plug it in with the power. I, I mean, I've seen crazier things, I suppose, but, uh, but anyway, so yeah, this is that new iMac um, and it enters their line or, or, or an update there to their line with the Mac mini and the Mac studio. And of course, this is the only desktop that Apple makes that does have an all-in-one and that it features the display as well. Uh, for the, for a while there, the iMac line was quite expansive. They had a 21 inch version, I believe a 27 inch version. They had a pro version. And uh, now they've simplified it down to the iMac. Um, and the iMac is kind of their most basic uh, well, I guess the Mac Mini as well. They're kind of your most basic options, but the iMac, again, is designed to just be everything. And then, of course, there's the Mac Mini, uh, which uh, we've done full episodes on the Mac Mini and the Mac Studio in the past. But obviously, the big thing about the Mac Mini or the Mac Studio is that you would also need to get an external display. And it doesn't have to be an Apple one, though Apple does make an external display. They make their studio display. Uh, now, which I believe is a 27 inch. And they've also got the very high end XDR monitors, which you probably don't want to even think about paying for, but, uh, but you don't have to get a Apple uh, made display for these uh, Mac mini or Mac studio. You can just buy a third party uh, display and it works there. But anyways, all that to say the iMac is now available and, or the, the refreshed iMac available with that M3 and the price does start at 1299. Uh, which really, uh, again, if you're if you're wanting an Apple computer uh, and you you want the screen, you want the keyboard, you want the mouse, you want it just to come in the box ready to go, this is a really good option. I, this is the iMac is is well, I, I guess well, no, the the iMac is the only this version of it is the only computer uh, in Apple's lineup that I've never actually used. I've used Mac Minis, uh, I've used Mac Studios before. I've, like I said, I've seen these out and about, but I've never actually, you know, used one and really gotten to know one very well. But again, it's going to option uh, work rather just as any other Mac model. So, um, so yeah, there is that iMac. Now, the other significant uh, uh, upgrade was the MacBook Pro, and I am really excited about this one because it is not. I, I okay, actually, let me back it up. Let me let me say the biggest kind of, I guess, drawback to this is that. I feel like they're upgrading this or updating rather this MacBook Pro every like it feels like every two months. And that's an exaggeration. But I if my memory serves me correctly, they did upgrade the MacBook Pro around this time last year. And then and that was an upgrade to something that they had upgraded it, uh, maybe less than a year before. So to do it every year upgrade on these MacBook Pros feels a little much um, just because this is a very big investment for somebody because these, I mean, they have worked on the price point and we'll talk about that here in a minute, but um, especially if you're wanting one of the higher end ones, I mean, these are not cheap and I'll be honest, I jumped on the, I was one of the first to jump on the 
the, this version of the MacBook Pro and then I got what what was the M1 Max version. And this now uh, would have been, uh, well, how long ago was that? That uh, was, I believe, almost uh, two years ago at this point. And obviously I have no desire to upgrade because it is a beast of a machine. It's the M1 Max. It's very good. But um, just the fact that, you know, they continue to update them so often, it, it, it's like, well, what what are you gaining from this? Because a professional, if you will, and I guess I would consider myself to be one who's going to buy one of these, you're, we're not going to upgrade to these every year. We're not going to go spend the thousands of dollars every single year to upgrade. I mean, I'm sure there's certain people out there that will, um, but most aren't. And so all that said, uh, we are looking at uh, yet another upgrade, the third upgrade in, in, I guess, two or three years to the MacBook Pro line. And, and just to give you some context, the MacBook Pro used to be something that Apple was only uh, refreshing every... Uh, 18 to 24 months. So to upgrade it every, to, to refresh it every year does feel a little excessive, but um, uh, we are going to go through everything once again here, because the biggest change is the M3. Now, you know, again, the M3 in terms of the, the chip is no slouch. Uh, it is, it is certainly a, a performance and speed upgrade across the board, whether it's the M3, M3 Pro or M3 Max. Uh, it does support now for the M3 Max in particular, uh, it does support uh, a higher level of, of, of RAM and memory. And so for example, Let's take a look here at the M3 Pro model, and let's just kind of build out one just for sake of uh, understanding where we're at on it. So once again, this would be the 14-inch, kind of the base model starts at 2,000, uh, and we do have the option now to, it starts with 18 gigs of unified memory, which is up from 16 uh, that it started at, and you can upgrade it to 36, whereas you used to only be able to upgrade to 32 on that M2 Pro. Um, now, if you were to go with the M3 Max, this is pretty significant. Now you can upgrade, uh, or if you go to the, the the highest end M3 Max, now you can upgrade to 128 gigs of RAM, which is, is crazy because the M1 Max uh, only supported 64. The M2, I believe, supported 96. And so this is uh, this will support a lot more RAM, a lot more memory again. So you could really make these things into a workhorse if you wanted. Um, and so that is a, a big update in terms of performance. I will say that as far as all the other bells and whistles in terms of what it does exactly, I mean, really not much. I mean, if we wanted to try to scan through it here, th there's nothing really significant. I mean, the um, there are some things like ray tracing and some other high-end things that, uh, that it does. Um, they always like to brag on what it does for gaming. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm not a gamer um, in terms of, uh, and if I was, I would be using, I think I said this before, I'd be using a console, not a computer. Um, but that's been Apple's thing. They have always tried to kind of make themselves more relevant in the gaming machine market because a lot of computer gamers out there, in fact, most of them, uh, the ones that are like streaming their games on Twitch and all the places, uh, those people are, uh, they're typically, they are using, you know, custom built uh, PCs. And so Apple is always tried to compete, compete in this way. So anyways, all that to say, uh, I don't really care about that, but you can see uh, now looking at this line of chips right here, this is nice kind of side by side for those of you watching. You've got the M3, which can support up to 24 gigs of memory. Um, and that is, um, I don't know if that's a change from the two, because I believe the M2 also supported up to 24 gigs 
of memory, if I remember right. Um, so that's not a change, but it is a little bit faster. Again, we're not going to talk all the tech specs. M3 will support up to 36, whereas M2 only did 32. M3 up to 128, whereas M2 only uh, supported up to 96. Uh, and again, these are much faster across the board. So um, anyways, talking a, a little bit about that, that is the biggest change uh, is, is, of course, the M3 chips. Now, um, beyond that, I do like this. Now in the in these M3 Pro or M3 Max versions of the uh, of this MacBook Pro, you can get space black, and I love having that black color for a Mac. It's been a long time. Uh, I have the M3 or the M2 rather MacBook Air, 15 inch MacBook Air, uh, and it comes in what they call like a midnight blue, but it honestly looks black, and that's what I like about it. But I really like this space black. That that's the most tempting part about these is is that color. I like that space back black color. Now, if you notice, if you just get the M3 version of the Pro, you're only going to be getting the space gray uh, available option if you care about those colors. Uh, but that is uh, an update to the color options there on, on those. Now, this is, to me, the best part about this new MacBook Pro announcement, and that is that they have officially, drumroll please, Apple has finally discontinued the, what I have been calling now for years the fake MacBook Pro, which was the MacBook Pro that still had the touch bar. And I found so few people that were actually touch bar fans. For most people, they were like me and they found it just just a waste and pointless. And it was like, why? Uh, it's probably one of Apple's biggest, like, I guess, uh, design kind of flops. Uh, it was not received well. It's not that everybody hated it. It's just that nobody loved it. And the people that it mattered to as far as what it, it replaced the function keys, uh, the F1, F2, F3, it replaced that function key row. And, and I don't really care, but there are developers out there who really thrive off of those function keys. And so, uh, so it was either one of those things you just didn't care, you didn't love it, or you absolutely hated it. And so all that to say, the touch bar finally is gone completely from the Apple lineup. Uh, and that fake MacBook Pro 13 inch is gone. And what I like to see now is that this is this. If you're going to get a MacBook Pro, there's really it, it's just it's just made it less confusing because it used to be if you're going to get a MacBook, uh, you could get the MacBook Air, which is their their non-pro version. And, and MacBook Airs are, are fantastic. Um, I, have, I have only good things to say about it. Or you could get the 14 to or 16 inch version of the MacBook Pro and know you're getting the not just a beefier computer, but also one that has more ports. That's the biggest thing. We, we kind of we did kind of skim over that because it's not new. But there are uh, there are more ports on a MacBook Pro. Uh, look, if we kind of flip through these images, I'm sure it'll show what ports are there. Yeah. So you'll see on one side, they've got the MagSafe charging, they've got two Thunderbolt ports and a headphone jack. And on the other side, they've got the SD card slot, another Thunderbolt port and an HDMI port. Now the 13 inch fake MacBook Pro only had the two Thunderbolt ports. And that was something that was like, okay, if you're gonna be a pro, you, you kind of like having these additional, again, especially things like an HDMI and an SD slot. And so for them to finally get rid of that, that fake 13 inch MacBook Pro, it just creates more clarity in what you're getting. If you want a pro, if you want to, if you want something that's more consumer and you don't care about the performance as much, and you don't care as much about the again the, um, the having those extra ports and things like that, uh, then the Air is going to be great for you. Uh, and now, if you want the Pro, you're getting the same body and that you're getting the exact same casing, but you're just picking it based on speed. So yes, they have an M3 chip, chip which technically isn't a Pro chip because it's not called Pro, but it's it's no slouch. Uh, so you can get that M3 chip. 
And that pricing now is going to start at much less, which, which again, we were, we were kind of previewing that a little bit earlier. If we look here at the 14 inch uh, pro, if you just get it with the M3, it starts at 1600 bucks. That is 400 bucks less than if you were going to be getting the M3 pro version, which before, if you wanted the 14 inch or, uh, version of the MacBook, you would have to get the, um, you would have to get the, uh, the $2,000 or higher price range. You'd have to go into that range. Uh, now the 16 inch is only available in M3 pro. And that makes sense. Uh, you know, because Hey, the bigger, the bigger it goes, the more, you know, kind of power it needs and things like that. But, um, yeah, all this to say, I'm really glad to see they got rid of, finally got rid of the fake MacBook pro and they've brought clarity because again, it used to be like, Oh, I want a MacBook air or a MacBook pro. Well, basically if I was getting that 13 inch MacBook pro, I was more or less getting a MacBook Air um, that that had a fan in it. I mean, they really, that was the difference. It wasn't as thin and it had the same ports and it was just, it was just confusing. It's even confusing to try to explain it. So um, this is a welcome change of providing clarity because now you're either getting the pro version, uh, as, uh, the pro version of Apple, what Apple has to offer or the Air. And, and what I think we'll see now moving forward, because the MacBook Air, see, as you can see, the MacBook Pro 14 inch and 16 inch, it's going to have the M3 line in it. The MacBook Air 13 inch and 15 inch uh, are start with the M2 version of it. Now, uh, what I think we're probably going to see with Apple moving forward is that that's how they're going to handle this. They're going to always bring the latest versions of the chips to the Pro. So the M3, M3 Pro, M3 Max, and the M4 and M5 and so on and so forth. And then the MacBook Air probably, I would say within three to six months, I would say probably in the summer, um, that's what I would lean towards probably sometime in June, um, maybe no later than early fall. Um, Apple will announce MacBook Airs that have the M3 chip in them as well, but they're never going to, I doubt they're ever going to offer the M3, like the pro version of the chip. It'll just be the basic version. And so all that to say, uh, the pro versions will always be, uh, I would say at least six months ahead in terms of the generation of the chip it's got. Um, and obviously it's, it's, it's going to offer those ports and that higher performance always and all those things. So uh, I, I do welcome this. I welcome this change. This is very good. So that's the new MacBook Pro, the new iMac uh, that has come from Apple. Uh, and again, that was announced as of last uh, what was it last or well, this past Monday, the October 30th. Uh, so if you're in the market for a new one, I believe both of uh, the new pro models are available. Um, I believe you can start. Yeah, you can order them now. And I think they start shipping uh, in the next week or two, depending on what model you get. So uh, new MacBook Pros through IMAX. Um, and uh, and yeah, so that's, that's a cool thing to see there. Now, uh, let's talk about, um, about which is going to be uh, my new iPhone and iPad. And I'll use the time left in this episode to, to kind of go over that. So let's talk about my iPad first. Um, again, I talked about this in the last episode. I am the kind of guy, this is the world I live in, if you will, media, technology, it's what I do. And so, yes, I'm the kind of guy to upgrade my technology probably more often than the average person. I used to be the guy who, without fail, didn't matter, uh, would get the new iPhone every every year. I did this from the iPhone 5, let's think, iPhone 5, iPhone 5S, iPhone 6, iPhone 6S, iPhone 7, and then, yes, the year the iPhone 10 came out, it was kind of confusing. They did. They came out, I don't know if you remember this, but Apple came out with the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10 in the same year, and there was never an iPhone 9. So that was interesting. Uh, but yeah, I came out. I got, I, so I went with the 10 that year. Uh, and then from there, I can't exactly remember. I think maybe my next one was I actually did wait and go with the 11. And so then I started to just kind of put more space in between them, uh, if you will. And so 
essentially what happened, long story short, is I went from the 13 line all the way to the 15. So a two-year jump. And truth be known, without going into the story, I really would have gone from the 12 to the 15, but something happened to my iPhone 12 earlier on and I had to, I was forced to upgrade because it, it kind of crapped out on me. All that to say, I did, it is a significant upgrade in two ways. Now, this this might seem, for those of you who are my, my loyal listeners out there uh, or watchers or wherever you're consuming this content, uh, you know that for the longest time, uh, for, uh, I guess, since the iPhone 12 came out, I was using the mini version of the iPhone. So the, so when the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 13s were announced, they, they both also had mini versions. There's the 12 mini and the 13 mini. I liked that uh, because I did miss having kind of the smaller form factor. Another thing where I was at is I was in a place where I really wanted to work on my screen time, uh, in particular on my phone. I've talked many times in past episodes about how obviously we're all, and it doesn't matter what we do, how hard we try. We all have a little bit of addiction, if we're honest, to our screens and to our phones in particular. Uh, the stats on how many hours a day people are spending on their phone are pretty staggering. Uh, and in fact, it's hard to even know what's accurate anymore because it just seems to be ever expanding and growing. And so uh, ever since Apple started telling me how much time I'm spending on my phone, uh, it just it just bothered me. And it was like, oh, that's a lot of time. And so I wanted to break my screen time. And I thought an effective way of doing that is going to be to uh, downsize the actual physical size of my screen because the smaller the screen, uh, you know, obviously the more you maybe have to strain a little bit to see things and there's not as much real estate and room to work, if you will. And so I said, you know what, I, it was, it was, some of it was because I thought having a smaller form factor was kind of cool, but most of it was because I just wanted to do do take a maybe a small step towards towards breaking my screen time. And so along with that, I stopped having my email apps on my phone. I don't have my social media apps on my phone. I just kind of moved away from all that to where my phone really um, primarily became for the purpose of using um, uh, listening to music, listening to podcasts, listening to audiobooks, obviously texting and things like that. Um, but, um, you know, and maybe doing some things like, obviously I, I have the Amazon app and things like that on, on the phone and, and obviously, uh, but then honestly using it as much as I could for the camera capabilities, you know, the, the camera, it's always been, it's always kind of iPhone has, and somewhat arguing your Android people that out there, but iPhone has, has at least to some extent led the way in a lot of like having a nice camera and things like that. And so all that to say, that's kind of what I was looking for and to, to my, to, to yeah, change the use of my phone and break my screen time addiction of the process. And so what I switched to, I was smaller screens all around, smaller phone and smaller iPad. So I went with the iPad mini. Now I will say I, I have, I do, I still like the smaller form factor in concept. I like the iPad mini. Um, I, I like that it fits in my back pocket. Uh, I really do like that. Um, but what I started to find is because I was in a place where I was a, I was a, and, and some of you out there are just, you know, this is first world problems. I know I was in a place though, where for a time there, I was a dual iPad guy and a small iPhone guy. That's what I had. I had the iPhone, I had the smallest iPhone, the smallest iPad, and I had the largest iPad. Now, I, I, I'm not going to go on my reasons of, of how all this unfolded and all everything, but it wasn't what I necessarily planned, but it's how it all worked out. And so for a little while I had the iPad mini and the I, the iPad pro 13 inch. Well, um, here's what I found. I had this vision of a world where I could use an iPad to the same degree I could my, my laptop or my computer. 
And while I did train myself to, and I, and I have, I've trained myself to do a lot of things on my iPad. I am just come to the, the conclusion that Apple is never, because I was also in the back of my mind hoping that maybe the iPad, Apple would enable it to do more. Because if you look at the latest iPad Pro, for example, I didn't have the latest version. I had the M1 version of the iPad Pro, but now they have that M2 chip in the iPad Pro. That's a very capable device hardware-wise. The limitation for me has always been software. Um, iPad OS, you know, it's, it's becoming better and better but it is not Mac OS and that an iPad does not function the same way a Mac does. Now they make it visually similar. There are similarities, but it is not the same. And I finally accepted and embraced that Apple, Apple's vision for the iPad and vision for the Mac, at least at this time and for the foreseeable future are different in that there was this rumor that maybe one day they were going to merge the two together. And I wouldn't doubt if they do actually move forward with that eventually and to some degree. But it just came obvious to me that, look, I do like what my computer does. I And, and, and as much as I wish my iPad could do some of that, it's never going to happen. And that's okay. And so what that led me to was realizing, okay, look, I've got this iPad mini. It's a smaller iPad. I like that. That is what that became my main consumption device. Um, as far as visual consumption, like I said, the iPhone became my, um, the iPhone became my, my, I guess a listening consumption device. And then like I said, I, uh, audiobooks, podcasts, music, that was my main thing. The iPad mini became my visual consumption device. So if I was, I rarely stream watching on an iPad. I usually just watch on my TV, but if I was going to, maybe I would do it there. Uh, uh social media apps were on my iPad. Email was on my iPad. These things that, again, you know, scrolling through social media mainly, I did that on my iPad mini. And then I had on my large iPad, the 13-inch, I tried to make that into a creation device. I, I, I tried, and, but, but about the, and what I mean by creation device is actually be able to create content on that iPad. Um, and maybe by trying out things like video editors. And do they have like a version of Final Cut for the iPad, which I tried. They have DaVinci Resolve for the iPad. They have iMovie for the iPad. And I experimented with it some, and I, I tried to maybe make it a creation device as much as I could. But the only thing I found that I was doing effectively on the iPad, uh, on the larger version of the iPad, was writing. Um, like as in, if I needed to write something, I have I had the magic keyboard for it, which is really nice because uh, it's got a mouse and trackpad built in, so that's really cool. So I was able to write content, and that was that was nice. But but beyond that, uh, so. So like I could, I could write something up. I could, I could type up, a, you know, write up a few paragraphs about, you know, some content I wanted to put out. Um, you maybe write a script. I could answer emails very effectively and manage my email inbox and, and so forth. And I can do high level task management, you know, viewing uh, certain apps and, you know, like I've talked about ClickUp and Trello and things like that and my to-do list and all these things. I could do all of that, but actually creating content in the way that I can on my Mac just wasn't happening. Um, it's I, I can record audio on an iPad. I actually can record or, or input one of these high quality studio Macs into my iPad or studio mics rather into my iPad, and I can capture the audio from that studio mic. Um, but I can't really capture video effectively. Um, I can use the built-in camera, but that's about it. And so to to use to really have the iPad as a true content professional content creative device for me was just not going to be a reality. And so I kind of shifted everything around, if you will. Now that I've broken the screen time on my phone, I, I, I say broken, reduced, drastically reduced. I can't say that. I've drastically re reduced the screen time on my phone. 
um, to where I said, you know what, I can change what I'm doing in terms of screen size here. The smaller screen size was helpful in doing that, but now I can change that. And this 13 inch iPad is not doing me any good. Um, it's just not for me. Um, and so it's just not, again, being what I want. It's too big if I just want a writing device. So all that to say, I took the iPad mini and I repurposed that. I And really what I did is I shifted things out the, around the family members. Now the iPad mini, without going into detail, uh, is uh, used with limitations and very strict screen time guidance uh, is used to some degree by my daughter. Um, and it's nice because I have a little cellular data on it to where I can see where she's at. It stays in her backpack. So when she's at school, I know where she's at, when she's, uh, you know, anywhere at her grandma's house or my house or wherever she's at, I could see where she is. And so that's really nice. Um, and so that's kind of what I did there. And then I took my large iPad and I was able to offload that onto my sister. Shout out to my sister, Rebecca, uh, if she's listening. Uh, but if, even if she's not, uh, she is the voice that you hear on my podcast intro and outro. And so that's Rebecca. And Rebecca is uh, very much the kind of person who, because, and it's a generational thing. She's technically, I'm a, a millennial. She's technically Gen Z. She's grown up on iPad and iOS. She knows that better than Mac OS. So she's a very effective creator on an iPad. So for her to have a larger canvas iPad, she was on an 11 inch iPad. She was using an 11 inch iPad and a 13 inch MacBook Air. For her, it made a lot more sense just to go to that 13-inch iPad Pro. And now she's got that with the Magic Keyboard. And now she is has everything she needs to do a lot of what she needs to do in her world. And so I think that people like that, there, so there is a market for it. That's for sure. Because again, there are people who just know how, I mean, can work circles around me on an iPad. And that's definitely where my sister was at. So she took that one. That left me without an iPad. And so I thought, you know what, let's go back to the best of both worlds, which of course is the 11 inch, the 11 inch model. And so I got the 11 inch iPad air. Now I like this one because, uh, once again, if you're watching, you can see a little bit, uh, I've got it with the, uh, magic keyboard attached that I can attach and detach. Some people don't like this keyboard because it doesn't, when you, it doesn't fold all the way back. So if you want to truly use it as a tablet, uh, you have to take it off, but that doesn't bother me. I actually kind of like it because that way when I want to be in tablet mode, it's a little bit leaner uh, and lighter. So I like that, um, but it connects to this keyboard. Um, I've got the, the pencil. I don't use the pencil that often. I'm not super artistic, but I do like having it uh, for times when I, there is times when I, I do use the pencil and it folds up and it, it really, it becomes effectively in terms of form factor and, and purpose, a mini laptop with limited purpose. So it's fantastic for writing. I love writing on this. I can write for hours on this if I want. And I'm not, I don't feel like I'm cramped or that I'm limited or anything like that. In fact, it makes me feel more focused because it's a smaller screen. Uh, it was a smaller screen, but not a tiny screen. The, the iPad mini is a tiny screen. Uh, this is just a smaller screen, smaller than my, you know, 14 inch or, uh, or a 15 inch computer. And so it's a smaller screen allows me to kind of focus more. And that is what I like about the iPad is it's very, you can run two apps at once, but that's it. You know, you can't have all these windows and different things distracting you. So if I want to write, I can write. If I want to manage and, and plow through my email inbox, I can do that very effectively. So I have enjoyed this. Uh, I've been with, I've had it for about a month now and I've had this size before. In fact, I had the, I'm a, a version of this exact iPad Air before. I believe I had the fourth generation. This one's the fifth one. The biggest difference is this has the M1 chip. So, you know, again, it's, it's got a, a, a it's very fast and um, performance wise, it's great. So iPad Air. Now, uh, I also have the iPhone 15 Pro Max. So this is a huge change in terms of form factor. Uh, this is a 
uh, a massive device. I, I, I don't have the, I traded it in, so I don't have the, the old one, the mini version to compare it to, but it is a big change. And honestly, that was my biggest concern was, is this going to be too big compared to what I had uh, in terms of carrying it around, holding it, having it in my pocket? And I am, I don't know if I'm a full month. I'm probably about three weeks in on having this one. And right now, I think I'm at a place where I can, uh, I can sufficiently say that the adjustment has really not been all that bad. So I am, I, I am glad that I got this over because it is nice. Maybe it's just because I'm getting old. It is easier on the eyes, the larger screen. But once again, I also was able to, um, because I was able using that small screen for a couple of years, I was effectively able to, uh, I more or less not completely break, but minimize my screen time. And so I'm following the same practices on this phone, no social media, no, um, no email apps, um, nothing like that. I'm not managing my email from here. Again, not, not scrolling social media from here. And in fact, I've been very conscious. There's sometimes where I'll download apps. And I'm like, eh, this one's a little too time consuming. So I'll offload it and maybe just use it on my iPad. And so that, that, that effect, that this approach has worked very effective for me so far of having an iPhone that is larger, uh, much larger. Um, and again, but, but it really, and I, I have larger hands. I'm, I'm, I'm six foot five. Like I'm not a small person. And so, um, so it's not like it's been like, oh my gosh, this thing's so huge. And I need, no, I can operate it for the most part with one hand. And, um, and so this, and then going with the ups, upsizing my iPad from the, from the mini to the 11 inch has been a very, um, so far, no major adjustments. In fact, it, I think it makes things a little more streamlined and efficient for where I'm at. Um, and so all that to say in two years, I'll probably be telling you how I downgraded or downsized back to the mini and back to the mini phone and the mini iPad and whatever, who knows, but I'm always, you know, changing and, and upgrading and that's what I do, but this is working well for me now. And I will say this, the greatest, most fascinating, wonderful thing about this phone is the camera. The camera is, is absolutely uh, uh, fantastic. I think I did show a sample of it in the last episode um, of some footage I took at my other sister's wedding. Uh, that was my sister, Rachel. Um, her, that footage was gorgeous. And really we compared it to footage shot on the very camera that you're looking at. There was um, um, another uh, videographer there taking footage of his, uh, Bo, our producer of this podcast. Um, he was taking footage on this actual camera, the one that you're looking at. And we side-by-side -side compared it and it, there's really no difference. In fact, there were times where the iPhone took better footage. Um, and so the, that is something I am not regretting because that was my other reason in upgrading was so that I could also moving forward, if I needed to be mobile and I don't as often anymore, if I needed to be mobile with my camera, I would just have what I need in my pocket and I would accessorize it a little bit. I will show you this quick, quickly, uh, is for those of you watching, uh, I'm looking at accessories like this for those of you who, uh, who can't see, this is a, a iPhone mount that is a camera mount that is designed to work with MagSafe iPhones. So I can mount my iPhone right there and I've got this nice camera cage, which just helps to get a nice, more steady shot. I can also, there's, there's, um, slots on the top of, and, and bottom for uh, shoe mounts. So that means I can, I can actually mount like a microphone here or even a little light right up here. And I can really have this nice rig. I've, I've, I've experimented with the sun. I've actually uh, hopefully got a, a video shoot. Uh, it looks like potentially coming up here in a few weeks. And I plan on also taking this uh, to be a second camera. 
Um, and I'm really looking forward to utilizing features like this. And the other nice thing is because it's a U, the, the biggest thing about the whole line of iPhone 15 is USB-C instead of Lightning. Now, some of you are going to complain because you're only going to buy all new ports. Well, everything else is using USB-C. Obviously, the Mac has been for a while. The iPad has been for a couple of years at least at this point. So it was about time they brought this to the iPhone. And what's nice is that what I can do now is I can even plug microphones even more directly into that. So I've got the wireless, uh, Rode Wireless Go system that has a receiver that plugs in by USB-C. Well, now I can plug it directly into the phone and I can have those wireless mics capture the audio directly in camera on the iPhone. And that is awesome. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to utilizing this more in that department. And so instead of, you know, maybe one day upgrading my camera, um, I, I really am just imagining a world where maybe I can accessorize my phone uh, instead of, you know, going and buying an all new camera and new lenses and things like that. So that's where I'm at on the devices. So a little bit of a longer episode there. Again, the Mac update part wasn't expected because that is something that has changed uh, since we uh, since we last talked. Um, that's a development that Apple had that event. And so new new Macs, new Mac mini, new Mac pros, and just letting you know, Hey, if you're in the market for a new iPhone and you really care about the camera, the iPhone 15 Pro, uh, 15 Pro Max rather is a significantly fantastic camera. Even just the Pro model, there's some small discrepancies. Mainly the zoom lens is only goes, I think, to three times on the iPhone Pro, whereas the Pro Max goes to five. So there are some differences there. Um, and there's so much more. I, I'm not even talking about all the things that the camera can do. I really just uh, scraped the surface. But if you're looking for a new phone, the iPhone 15 Pro seems to be a good one, the Pro or the Pro Max. I know people that got the Pro and the Pro Plus and they're happy with it. Um, and then the iPad Air, if you're looking for a nice mid-size iPad, I do like the 11-inch iPad Air. They may be refreshing that in the next six months. I was going to hold out, but I thought they were going to refresh it this fall, but they didn't. Uh, so I went ahead and got it, and I'm very happy with it. Um, so, yeah, that is where we're at, and that's the – really, that concludes this episode. And if you have thoughts, as always, I'd love to hear from you. You can drop comments on YouTube, or you can always shoot me an email or shoot me a text. And uh, I am just really grateful that you've joined me for this episode. And I do look forward to seeing you in the next one. Again, my name is Luke Clayton. And thanks for joining me for the Must Increase podcast. We are so glad you joined us for this episode. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. You can connect with us online at mustincrease.com. And if you'd like a topic or question to be featured on a future episode, send us a text to 615-900-4461. Thanks again for joining us for this episode. And we look forward to seeing you next time as we continue to increase truth and inspire hope in the lives of others right here on the Must Increase Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,